0: I'm just here, so I won't get fined. Gets it to LeBron. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer!
1: It's got to be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Are you kidding me? Hard hit into right. Back at the...
0: Okay, US Sports, Donnie Manney in the house at the later time of 8.45. Hello. Hey there. Have you come down from the highs of the Super Bowl halftime show last week?
2: Hey, we didn't even get onto that. I mean, I thought that was a really bad halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was a really bad halftime show. Uh, as long oh, I see, as I see the co-player headlining Glastonbury now.
2: I saw today that there was actually a, uh, a really poorly attended anti-Beyonce protest outside the uh, NFL offices. Really? Yeah, because... People in America did not take well to Beyonce's uh, Black Panther salute in the uh, in the Super Bowl. How dare she! The halftime show, and there was some uh, some annoyed, angry people. And about ten people turned up to a protest today.
0: That is poorly attended. Uh, that's uh, barely a gathering of ten people. So we're leaving behind the NFL season. In a in a phrase or in a sentence, how would you sum up the NFL season? I was asking producer Mick earlier, and his overall summation was kind of a weird uneventful season which never really caught fire. Yeah, I'd say disappointing. Disappointing. i, I go stronger
2: I think, than that. I thought okay. it was a poor season where it, it, things never really uh, reached the peak. And generally, my big takeaway is everybody seemed to be injured. I know I'm a Patriots fan. We were 10-0. and 0. We had an amazing team and like we lost half our guys to injuries. By the end of the season, there was second-string quarterbacks and third-string quarterbacks starting games. And I've just never seen a uh, season as attritional. We use this word in Rugby. rugby jargon, but it's—I mean—it's creeping into the NFL as well. The the attritional nature of, of the NFL, I think, makes it almost impossible to play anymore. And it's the team that can cope the best with injury, is the team that's
0: going to go the longest. Does the attritional uh, nature of it make it more exciting to watch, uh, more thrilling as a spectacle? Not
2: at all, okay. not at all. Because so, so many of the most of the best skilled players are 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 out of the out of the game. I mean, you know, there's no—I don't think. Denver beat, say, the Pittsburgh Steelers if they don't have... If Antonio Brown, the Steelers' best player, isn't sidelined with a crazy concussion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if the Patriots were at full strength, I think they beat Denver as well. It's 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 how you manage and, and cope with injury uh, that seems to determine how far you go in the season. Yeah. I, I don't think...
0: We don't want this to be a, jou- a joust of medical science every no. season.
2: No, we don't want... The team with the best doctors shouldn't be winning the Super Bowl. Yeah.
0: Uh, we'll move on to a story which uh, we want to do this evening. So you may have seen this surrounding the University of Tennessee. Essentially, a federal suit was filed on Tuesday in Nashville against the University of Tennessee by six former students who filed the suit. And they state that Tennessee's policies made students more vulnerable to sexual assault and had a, quote, clearly unreasonable response after incidents which caused the women making complaints to endure additional harassment. The suit also states that the university interfered with the disciplinary process to favour male athletes... So to get more on this, we have Diana Moskowitz on the line. A really good article on this on Deadspin, which you should all check out. Evening, Diana.
1: Good evening. How are you doing?
0: Good. So tell us about this lawsuit uh, which has been filed against the University of of Tennessee and, you know, talks about how um, complaints have not been dealt with properly. And I'm seeing lines like efforts have been made to protect the student athletes.
1: Right. So pretty much um, with the Tennessee lawsuit, it all has to do with you know, Title IX, the law here in the States, um, which has taken on many forms. It has to do with gender equality on campus. And as part of that, the universities have been tasked with this responsibility to essentially provide a safe campus. And as part of that, not just provide a safe campus, but if things are happening to make you unsafe, like a, a sexual assault, an extreme example, but that's what we're talking about here. Uh, the university is supposed to essentially investigate and without getting too much into the weeds of everything the universities are required to do, but do a good, thorough investigation and possibly punish the alleged attacker or not. So what we're talking about here with Tennessee is in this case a whole collection of incidents where various women tending mostly to involve members of the football team have all said that um, they were assaulted or attacked and went to the university, and the university, in various different ways, did not investigate, you know, poorly investigated um, what had happened, and this happened repeatedly, repeatedly. And then on top of that, they go into how the system was in some ways stacked against them and also ways in which the university created an environment where you could almost argue this was bound to happen.
0: Yeah, the accusation claims that the university created a culture which enabled sexual assault among student-athletes, especially the football players. One of the more Mm -hmm. high-profile examples cited was the one against Peyton Manning, which you might tell us about.
1: Right, so Peyton Manning... um, He comes up in the recent uh, Title IX lawsuit that was filed against Tennessee. He's given as one of many examples of the university having what you might call a cavalier attitude about this. Um, And it's interesting. In the lawsuit, he's just given a couple lines, actually. Um, But in light of the Super Bowl, his MVP performance, a lot of debate about Peyton Manning versus Cam Newton. Uh, It's taken on this life of its own and an entire revisiting of what happened in that situation, which is that there was an athletic trader with the University of Tennessee, a a woman, who filed a pretty extensive complaint in 1996, outlining, it started with 27 examples that later grew to 33 examples of various, which she described as sexual harassment, that she experienced while working with the athletes. It was predominantly football, though not exclusively. She also had a few examples from track and field. And one of her uh, examples that she gave was an incident involving Peyton Manning in which she said um, she was examining his foot and he was talking to her, asking her some questions she thought were too personal. And then when she looked up, he had Dropped his pants, and then depending on which document you're reading, sometimes this is described as a lighthearted mooning that he meant for someone else. In other later court records, it came out that, as she put it, this was much worse than that. That she essentially had his genitals, for lack of a better way to put it, in her face.
0: Yeah. And so, Um, so, yes, for that. Yeah, she subsequently left. At the university and was very unhappy with how the whole thing was dealt mm-hmm. with. Um, and so she's part of this suit as well. How is this likely to play out now? What's the timeline on all of this?
1: Uh, oh, well, just to clarify one thing, she isn't um, actually a part of the official Title IX suit. Uh, what happened to her is part of their case, but she separately years ago settled with the University of Tennessee and then later uh, settled herself individually with uh, Peyton Manning. Mm. Um, But right now for the case, it's going to potentially be a very long process. Um, For one thing, they've brought so many accusations up against Tennessee that Tennessee needs time to respond. There's also reason to believe it's quite possible. It wouldn't surprise me if then more people came forward after reading about this and more people, more allegations were added to the lawsuit. So, and In general, these take time, especially something like this, where so many allegations are involved. So the next step is, in the short term, really waiting to see what Tennessee says in response to this. But they are allowed a a bit of time to do that. So um, until then, it's kind of a a wait-and-see game, unfortunately.
2: Uh, Diana, why has it taken so long for the story to sort of reach the uh, the media, especially the Manning angle? I mean, I remember reading I, 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 from doing some reading. There, there were some reports on this, you know, in two thousand and three when the first uh, filing was was put in through. And I know there's the the Manning book that he did with his dad t- discusses incident mm-hmm. in in sort of detail. Um, but it seems like for whatever thirteen years or so, the story has been completely ignored by the media. Is it because of like There was no social media in 2003, so the story just didn't really reach the mainstream? Or is there something else involved?
1: well? You know, that's always one of those tricky things to, to figure out, right? I feel like we had a lot of talk about this recently with Bill Cosby here as well, which is, you know, why now? And I, I'm sure some of it is social media and the fact that just the web has gotten better at archiving stories, keeping stories alive, posting documents online. Even with 2003, it can be pretty tough to find those old stories because they're so long ago and some of them have disappeared just because archiving wasn't as good or places weren't weren't as strong as keeping stories online forever after a couple weeks. A lot of newspapers might still just take it down. Um, So some of it's definitely that. And I also think some of it is just the perspective of fans has changed. I think to some extent the makeup of the press corps has changed. I don't think you can discount the fact that there are now more women reporting on the NFL. There's more women watching football and this applies to other sports in general. And so it's going to take something that, yeah, even, you know, 10, 12, 13 years ago, a lot of people could just go, Oh, boys will be boys. What do they know? And, yeah, and, and that culture—that part that,
0: of it. That culture, Diana. I presume that's been talked about generally. It feels like very much at universities, and the the the, the football players uh, seem to have pretty dubious attitudes to um, women generally, and and they're almost enabled or protected by universities. There would be a sense that there is that culture uh, very much enshrined that the, the the high profile sports guy gets away with it.
1: That's definitely been an ongoing theme through, especially with uh, collegiate athletics here in the state for decades, lifetimes at this point. And I think that's part of why the Tennessee lawsuit has gotten so much attention, because there are a lot of Title IX lawsuits going on right now here, and most of them are focused on individuals. And I think what's really interesting about the Title IX case is that it gets at what a lot of people— you know, assume or think or maybe what writers write around, which is that, hey, if you look at all these individual cases and put them together, Mm. okay, now we have to talk about the institutions that are empowering this and allowing it to happen. You know, how many times are we going to say, oh, it's just one bad egg, it was just one bad egg, and start to say, maybe it's less about just the individual people and more about the people in power who are, you know, fostering this culture.
0: Uh, Yeah, because these uh, star football players, for instance, are very, very important to the universities.
1: They are, and they're not paid. Let's not forget that. (laughs) Our our collegiate athletes are not allowed to be paid directly for their services, which then, again, we have to open up that whole other discussion of if you're not going to be paid in cash, Then maybe we pay you in other ways. And that's a huge part of these recruiting parties, part of the Tennessee lawsuit, um, where unfortunately really horrible things could happen to women Uh, because that's part of recruiting them. Look at this huge party. Look at all these perks you get. Look at all these beautiful girls who are here. And that can lead, unfortunately, some really horrible things happening.
0: Yeah. Uh, that 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 mean that was that was what caught our eye about the story, that the overall culture as opposed to the specifics. Diana, thanks so much for joining us. We'll, we'll talk again as this case develops.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Okay, Diana Moskowitz, there, who has an article in all this on Deadspin. She's gone through the filing and read all the uh, papers in the suit. And I guess it is that overall culture which piqued our interest as the Peyton Manning angle, of course. But there is the... Uh, accepted notion out there that the jocks on campus uh, get away with doing some pretty dodgy things sometimes it's part of the culture. They're protected. They're they're really important people on campus.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is really caught fire because of the Manning angle. But, I mean, Manning, as he was a Heisman Trophy candidate in this year, 1996, and he would have been the BMOC, as they say, the big man on campus. And yeah. there's graphic detail. It's allegations made against him of, you know, where he was putting his genitals. And it was... I mean, it's pretty, pretty vile. Mm -hmm. And like if you read through Diana's story, there's a lot of court details and a lot of court reports, uh, allegations against Manning and, you know, also things that Manning's father said about uh, the physio in question. None of it reflects well on the Manning family or the people that uh, run the university or the athletics department at University of Tennessee where this guy would have been more or less, a god, an untouchable sort of character who could do nothing wrong, you know?
0: Untouchable is the phrase. Yeah. Anything jump out at you about the way Tennessee, for instance, handled the Manning story?
2: Well, w- there was, Manning mooned, Manning's, what he said was he mooned uh, this teammate of his, right?
0: Yeah. The doctor is Dr. Jamie Norwright and so she's yeah. examining his foot. Yeah. So she shouldn't end up with his genitals in her face. No.
2: Manning, first he denied it, then he said he was mooning his teammate. Yeah. His teammate wouldn't uh wouldn't back him Mm -hmm. and this teammate was seeking to have his uh year of eligibility pushed forward it's called red shirting in college and the university refused to do that because manning wouldn't because this guy wouldn't back manning right and he hasn't forgotten it like there's the diana story has a, a a letter that he this guy wrote manning in 2001 so all across the board um the university and even the people investigating uh the sexual harassment claims back the athletes to the hilt now finally um, you know these cases are being brought forward and it doesn't look you know it it looks like the university is going to have to pay out big time
0: on this yeah you know you asked the question why now is it coming out it's hard to give an exact reason you could do a thesis all on that story all on its own but interesting Diana makes the point there's a lot more women working in journalism Mm -hmm. and part of NFL coverage and so the boys will be boys Oh shucks this is just this is just Bant's yeah. uh, aspect of it is dying, hopefully.
2: Hopefully. I mean, Diana story also at the end asks, you know, would this be any different now? And she as she sounds sort of dubious about it, that this kind of thing might still be going on. So, I mean, changing yeah. these c- cultures uh, is is a long and kind of torturous
0: process. Yeah, sure. Okay, we will uh, talk next week. Um, 64 minutes gone in Paris, by the way. Still one all, though. PSG for the last 10 minutes have had four or five really good chances they're very much on top in this game Chelsea sitting back but not doing a great job not sitting back in the way Chelsea usually do they are giving up big big chances so uh, you feel a goal might come in the next couple of minutes we've got the football show on the way we'll see you next Tuesday On Off the Ball with BetDak.com the sports betting exchange serious about sports 24-7 every season every sport every
1: team